Hey, you may be seated. Welcome. It's a blessing to have you guys here with us today. And uh, we're super excited. In our first service, if you were here uh, or watched us, uh, we had the police department. We had the chief and uh, quite a few guys from the police department. So when you were pulling in into the second service, you'd have noticed a lot of uh, police cars because we were recognizing them and, and honoring them. And in our second service, we're going to recognize uh, the fire department. And uh, thank you, Mr. Darren uh, Werner, for being here and representing the fire department. It's a real blessing to have you with us, with your family. So it's, uh, it's a blessing for us to be able to honor you guys and uh, just appreciate you. Because uh, uh, those of you who remember, 9-11, uh, uh, for me, I had just come to America. It was just a couple weeks. Uh, I had come up to America uh, August 29th uh, in 2001, and, and actually that's the day I got saved. So the very day I landed in America, I got saved. That's the impact America has on me. So, <laughs> so I got saved in America, for so those of you who didn't know. My dad's a pastor in India, but still... This is where I got saved uh, in America. So literally a couple hours after I landed, I gave my life to Jesus. Uh, drowning in a swimming pool. And then a couple weeks later, I was up uh, going to class and uh, noticed uh, that there was the, the news about these uh, planes crashing uh, into the towers. And I didn't know what it was. And then uh, I went to uh, the chapel and everybody in the chapel was crying. And uh, I had never experienced something like that where, uh, where uh, something happens in a country and the whole country sort of mourns, even though no, nobody that they know was affected and stuff. In India, if it wasn't immediately affecting us, we didn't care uh, because there was a lot of bombing. Growing up, I've seen a lot of bombings uh, um, in our city. Uh, I've seen a lot of communal riots in our city. Um, people, both, both Christians, getting killed. There was communal riots when they were killing just Christians. Then there was communal riots where they were killing you because of your language group. So people uh, who spoke uh, uh, a different language. So every state you go to speaks a different language. So if, if they have problems with, between cities or uh, something goes wrong, they start killing people who speak the language from the neighboring state. And uh, so I'd seen a lot of uh, violence, but I'd never seen compassion and, and people genuinely hurting for one another like I saw in America uh, in September 9-11. And it was just, uh, it changed my life and, and about how compassionate and loving people here in America are. And uh, fast forward uh, 21 years later, it seems like uh, we seem to lose that compassion a little bit. And we also forget uh, the very next day, do you would not uh, believe it, but the week after 9-11, the most amount of Bibles were sold in the world in America that day. You know, that, that whole week they sold more Bibles than they ever sold any other time. And more people went to church than ever before than any other time. Because whenever something bad happens, we sort of come to God and then we forget about it. We're just like, you know, that's it. Everything's going great. We're good. We're solid. We'd, uh, we check people 500 times before they go into the plane. Now we're good. <laughs> it's like, uh, and so now we just stopped it. But, uh, and so then we, we sort of let go of God when we get into the comfort zone. And, uh, and my... Uh, so, you know, suggestion to you guys is to always remember God when things are going good too. And part of that was also to remember and, and, uh, and uh, appreciate and recognize the men and women who serve uh, both in our police and in our fire department, not wait for something bad to happen to recognize them, but recognize them when nothing bad's happening and let them know that we honor them and respect them and we love them and uh, we appreciate you guys serving, uh, serving over here. So with that, we are going to go into the Word of God. Uh, we're in our series, Jesus Said I Am. And uh, last week we saw Jesus said, I am the bread of life. And this week we're looking at Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Over here, uh, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. In John chapter 8, verse Verse 12, Jesus says this. When Jesus spoke to them, 
he says this to the people. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So to walk in, in, in darkness is one thing, and then to walk in light is one thing. You know, it's like uh, I was sharing in the first service. Like, if you are in, in a room, like when you go to bed at night, you know, you have all these lights that are turned on, and then you turn off the lights. And the first time when you turn off the lights, the whole room looks really dark. You feel like if you get up, you're going to, you know, hit your leg into 500 things. Uh, some of you are like, Pastor, with the lights, I hit my leg everywhere. Uh, okay, <laughs> you got some problems. Okay, so, uh, but when, when you turn off the light, your, your eyes are not used to that darkness. But what happens is over time, your eyes sort of get used to the sort of darkness that there is, and then you get uh, accustomed to it, and then now you don't, when you turn on a light, it's just way too bright. You're like, ah, shut the light down, turn the light down, because it's way too bright. And that's what happens in our life. We, we so slowly walk away from God, and we sort of live this life in a certain way in this darkness, and we're used to it. And suddenly when Jesus comes in, Jesus says, when you walk, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. And all of a sudden there's this light of life and, 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 and it's like life is going to be very different. And then one of the things is before Jesus made this proclamation that he's the light of the world, over there, there was a prophetic word about Jesus being the light of the world. Okay, in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2, the Bible says, there was people who were in great darkness saw a great light. There was a great light that shone on them. So people were living in this darkness, and then Jesus shows up. But that word was written almost 2,000 years before Jesus showed up, and hundreds of years before Jesus showed up. And then it says over here, there's going to be a light that's going to be shown on people who are living in darkness. And so then in Matthew chapter 4, verse 12 onwards, you see the fulfillment of that, that prophetic word that Jesus is the light. And the Bible says, those who are in great darkness saw a great light. And so Jesus shows up, and there's this fulfillment of the prophetic word. But as all of this is happening, Jesus is in the world. And in John chapter 3, Jesus says this. There's a verdict that Jesus does in John chapter 3 verse 19. This is the verdict. So a verdict is basically this. An opinion or decision made after judging the facts. Before Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus comes into the world and he says, listen, I'm going to make a verdict. And I'm basically making a judgment here. And judging the facts, this is what I'm going to say. This is the verdict. The light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light. Because their deeds were evil, everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deed will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that they may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. See, God says this. So Jesus is looking at the world and he says, hey, listen, here's the judgment I'm passing. People even though there's a light, seem to like darkness. Because they don't want to walk into the light and have all of their evil things exposed. So they're living in this darkness. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. There's this, if you want to live by the truth and you want to live by God, then you come into this light and allow this light to shine into areas where you're like, you know what, it's perfectly find that people see things in those areas. You know, when you invite people into your house or right here at the church, when, we invite, when people come over on Sundays, we don't turn on all the lights in the ceiling because it's like there's, there's a bunch of stuff going on in the ceiling where you'll be distracted. You know, if you need a reason to get distracted, we could turn the lights on in the ceiling and you would get very distracted real fast. Like, what is going on? Is it safe to sit down here? Some of you are like panicking right now. It's perfectly safe. Okay, but the thing is, we would just like look at different things. And you turn off stuff in certain areas that you don't want people to see. 
You don't light certain areas that you don't want people to see or, or, or you don't want uh, some bad stuff to be exposed. And that's what happens. Jesus says, the light has come into the world, but people love the darkness. Why do they love the darkness? Why do people in the world, when you tell them about Jesus, are like, you know what? I, I really don't need Jesus in my life. Why? Because there's a reason. The Bible says the devil has blinded the minds of the people. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, the Bible says this. Whose mind the God of this age is blinded, who do not believe, least the light of the gospel of the glory of Jesus, who is the image of God, should shine on them. See, what's happening is there's a thing that's happening in this world. Not only do people like doing bad stuff and doing crazy stuff and, and, and doing, living in, in this sin, but the devil sort of is also blinded their eyes so that they really don't see the truth. The Bible says that over here, whose mind the God of this age is blinded. For a long time, my mind was blinded by the God of this age, where I didn't see the light, even though people would, would tell me about Jesus, my parents would, would talk to me about God and, and about this transformation in my life and, and how I'm living in sin, and I'm like, okay, listen, this was my statement every time I would tell my parents, Christianity is for losers and old people, okay? So either I've gotten old or I've become a loser, so one or the other, <laughs> say, because, because my mind was so blinded. I would tell my dad, I'd be like, listen, dad, I don't know if you have any friends, but my friends don't like Jesus, and uh, neither do I, okay? I have friends. I'm not going to be a Christian because I have friends, okay? You don't have friends. You can be a Christian. You can be the loser, or you could be the guy who's just, you're old. You don't have nothing else to do with your life. So you could be that, because the devil is sort of, is blinded your eyes from seeing the light, and second thing, you just love living the life that you're living in. Eventually, you end up doing or living in this certain way. The Bible says, Jesus says, this is the verdict. People love the darkness instead of light. They love what they do. And so sometimes it's difficult for them to, to be set free from those addictions and different things because they just love it. They're just like, this is great. They don't see it. So, so the thing that we need to do as a church is pray for them. Matthew chapter 6, verse 23, the Bible says, But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? God is like, listen, some of you think that you have light, but it's actually darkness. Imagine how bad it is. It's like it's really, really dark. The world doesn't understand that they're in great darkness, and when they're living in this sin, they really don't understand because, because the devil has this one strategy where he's just blinding you from recognizing the gospel of Jesus Christ that changes and transforms people's lives. So the thing that you need to pray is for God to open their eyes, that God would touch their life. The prayer that my dad would always pray is, God, just break my son's leg. So it was just, I used to run. I used to be a runner. So my dad would just, you know, every time, he would just feel like, that was the prayer my dad would pray. So there was a day, so in 11th grade, I actually broke my leg while I was racing on a motorcycle. Right before my finals, right before the state championship, I broke my leg. Two days before the state championship. And right, you'd not believe it, it was right outside the church too. I, um, I, I was riding my bike. My school is like 50. 15, 20 miles away, but I decided I would race and race all over, and then I ended up in front of our church, and I was racing in front of the church, and uh, somehow there happened to be a guy who was having some problems with his wife, and decided he's going to ram into something, and uh, he chose my bike. <laughs> he was in a car, and uh, he rammed into me, and I was like at 100 miles and hit head on, and uh, I broke my leg, and then my head opened up, and I have 24 stitches in my head, and I thought I was going to die while I was at the side of the road. It was a Friday in the afternoon. The church was praying for me. 
Uh, did, did any light come into my life? No, I didn't care. I was even more upset at my dad because my dad was like, see, the Lord has broken your leg. I was like, listen, you're getting this all messed up. <laughs> you know? I was even more upset at my dad. I was not happy. And then uh, in 12th grade, while coming up, again, my dad would just keep praying for me, and I, just, I was just not happy. Uh, then I graduated 12th grade, and then I just was, was not wanting to do anything with Jesus, like nothing. And my dad decided he's going to bring me to America and bring me to Bible college. Out of all places, I'm like, listen, that, that place is for losers or something. I am not going to that place. I don't even know Jesus. And my dad was like, no, Jesus is going to touch your life. And then he brought me to America, and Jesus did touch my life. The moment Jesus touched my life while I was drowning in the swimming pool was when I saw the light. It was when I was being dragged towards even more darkness than the darkness I was in, I realized, okay, there's darker things that I'm living in. It's like right there in the swimming pool as I'm drowning and I'm being dragged towards hell, I realized, okay, my life is really dark. I thought it was going bright and happy and I was living this great life, but I was going towards this darkness. It was at that moment, Jesus, the light of the world, came into my life and, and I realized that my entire life was spent in living in sin and ways that, that wasn't acceptable to anybody but me. I thought my parents just hated me. No, they were actually trying to help me. It was like, but, but sometimes when people are living in sin and you tell them about Jesus, they never realize. They'll never understand what you're trying to tell them because they're living in this darkness and to top it all, the God of this world has blinded their eyes and blinded their minds from really seeing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So when you talk to them about the gospel, it's an absolute foolishness to them. They're like, okay, none of that makes any kind of sense. It's really stupid. It's like because the God of this world has blinded their minds. And the Bible says, if your eye is bad, your whole body is full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness. How great is that darkness? When, when you realize some, some of these people are real in real great darkness. If you looked at your own life before Jesus touched your life, the darkness that you lived in, and the way you saw the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're like, wow, okay, it makes sense right now. This is a little bit of a light. And the thing is, you have to continue to allow the light that Jesus Christ is in your life to continue to shine because Jesus is going to con constantly show you different areas in your life that you might miss out. And God's like, hey, listen, there seems to be a little bit of a darkness creeping in here. Like this, like you like to sleep more than read the Bible. Like some of you are like, pastor, don't look at me. I feel convicted. It's like, <laughs> it's like, how many of you read your Bible this week? It's like, you don't have to raise your hand and lie in the church. It's just, it's fine. <laughs> just, it's just between you and God. Just read your Bible. It's very important. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that's how the light shines. The Bible says, Jesus is the word. The word came into this world and became life. And this life is the light of the world. So this is what is coming into your life and then now starts to show light. If you see in, in, in Psalm, it says, your word is a light unto my path. It's what shines the light and shows us what to do. So if you don't read your Bible, you really don't know or, or you're not able to see the light. Ask Jesus to be the light in your life. John chapter 1 verse 4, this, the Bible says this, in him was the life and that life was the light of all mankind. See, Jesus is not only the life, but he's the light of all mankind. But mankind likes darkness. They like to be in this dark place and, 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 and stay away because most of the time we love the sin that we are living in. And we don't want to allow Jesus in those areas, not because Jesus is this or that, because just we like the darkness a little bit more than the light. Just a little bit more. But, but you, I want to encourage you, would you continue to pray 
If there's somebody in your life, you don't have to pray, God, break their legs or hands. You can just say, God, would you shine their light in their life? Would you shine your light in their life so that they can see? You know, whenever I see my friends or, or family that, that I've not seen, you know, one of the craziest things happened this week. A very good friend of mine, he and me have been best friends since, uh, I think, like, fourth, third, fourth grade, and we lived uh, next to each other's house, and uh, we grew up all the way to high school. And uh, he was the guy, when, when I had first got saved, I went and did a Bible study in his house, and a couple of my friends got saved. And, and this week, his mom texted me out of the blue and said, John, and I hadn't spoken to her in, like, I would say around 18 years since I've spoken to her. And so this week, she texted me, and we started talking, and, uh, and she said, hey, listen, I, I watch your service every week. I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> I was like, you watch my service. I was like, I, I didn't know that. And she was like, you know, she was like, hey, you should call my son. And then I ended up calling my best friend after like so many years. I hadn't spoken to him and I ended up talking to him. And it felt like we were back in school. And then he was texting me all these pictures from when we used to run and different things. And I was showing my kids who I really was. I'm like, your dad was something back in the days. <laughs> Look at your dad with all these medals, okay? And I was trying to show them the stuff. But, but it was a moment where, where I was able to go back and and. and show my friend what really changed. And, and for my friend, he gets to see me for 21 years following Jesus. And he had all these questions about God. And he was like, dude, you're still like, like what are you now? Like a father, a priest, a reverend? Well, what is it? What is it now? I was like, whatever you want to call. That's it. It's like, it's like, because at one time, they used to all call me Father John. Then I got married. And they're like, okay, this is very confusing. I thought fathers should not get married. Okay, I was like, listen. I want to be a father, so I got married. So then, then they're like, okay, we'll just change it. So then they all started calling me reverend. So now, now they're like, what is it? Now that you're married and have kids, did it change? I was like, nope, it's just, we'll just keep it reverend. It's fine, which is what my title is. It's like at one point they give you a title, then you guys call me pastor. It's like it's just, it just changes. It, those are just titles. It really doesn't matter. But I want to encourage you, if you have someone in your family would you pray for them and say, God, would you make your light shine on them? But if you're here today and you're like, man, you know, Christianity is a bunch of rubbish. It's like I really think it's just dumb stuff. I have no idea what it is. You know what? The Bible says that there's a little bit of a problem with your eyesight there. Okay? It's just the devil's working a little overtime and, and has blinded your eyes. Would you just, even though it's so difficult to accept, would you just, you know, just say a prayer? On the way home, when you're driving your car and just say, God, would you shine your light in my life? When you ask God, you don't have to blindly believe or follow anything. You can ask God and say, God, would you just shine your light? I want to know if this thing is really real. I can promise you that Jesus, who's the light of the world, will shine his light into your life. Jesus came to this world so that you don't have to live in darkness. John chapter 12, verse 46, the Bible says this. Jesus came to this world so that you don't have to live in, 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 in darkness. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. That's the one reason Jesus came. We saw a couple weeks ago, Jesus came into this world to show his love, not to condemn people, not to just say, you're a sinner. But you see over here in John chapter 12, Jesus says, I came into the world not only to not say you're a sinner, but to just sort of help you understand you are a sinner, but I can help you. You got some dark spots in your life, but I can shine some light and, and we can clean those areas up. It's like sometimes it's like we just don't realize the, the bad things that's happening in our life, but God loves you very, very much and, and he wants to help you to live the best life that you can live. 
When you live in the light, you need to love one another. One of the things is, if you're already living in the light, you're like, you know what, the lights hit me, I'm, I'm doing great. It's like, you know, I have the spotlight on me 24-7, it's going great. But you have to look at this from 1 John chapter 2, verse 9. He who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. God's like, hey, listen, if you hate one another, if you as Christians are going to be fighting with one another, and you're like waiting to get out of church, and you're like, listen, I know somebody living in darkness. I'm going to text them this verse. And God's like, listen, you can't fight like that. You can't use the Bible to fight with one another. At one point, you could just start throwing the Bible at each other. I don't know if they did that back in the days because the Bibles were really big. Nowadays, they just gave it in your phone so you can't throw it. So it's like, but you can't use God's word to fight with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. That's not what the Bible is there for. That's not what the verses are there for. It's like you're listening to the whole sermon. It's like, I know somebody I could text right now. They're in darkness, and the devil has blinded their eyes. Like, no, that's not what to do. It's like you pray for them, but the Bible says, he who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. So if you hate someone or you don't like someone who's a fellow brother or sister, I want to encourage you, would you allow the light of Jesus to shine in that area so that you can bring some reconciliation, so that you can bring some healing in that area and be like, you know what? I want to I wanna bring some forgiveness in, 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 in my life. I want to be, be able to let go of some hate and, and anger or frustration in my life and allow God to shine light in those areas. One day, we're all going to come to heaven. And the Bible says this, the day is coming when Jesus will be the sole light. We don't hear a lot about this passage nowadays but when I was growing up, they would talk a lot about it. I think people are a little afraid to say that Jesus is going to come back because he hasn't come back. So we don't know what to say. It's like the Bible says this. Jesus has not come back yet because he's gracious. Had he come back in 2000, I would have gone to hell, okay? So thank God he did. Uh, so now I'm just hoping that my kids would know Jesus, that my friends who don't know him would know Jesus, even though I would love for Jesus to come back. I read a quote from the queen uh, who passed away a couple days ago, and the queen said this, my greatest regret, they asked her in an interview, what is your greatest regret in life? She said, if I have a regret, it would be that Jesus has not come back yet. And they asked her why. She was like, so that I could lay my crown at his feet. She was like, it would be my greatest privilege if I could lay my crown at his feet. She was like, as the queen laying my crown at his feet would be the greatest privilege. And she's like, my greatest regret is that I would die without Jesus coming back in my, in my time. You know, so, so you see her life, and, 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 and I want to encourage you. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, verse 23, the city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. One day, we'll come into a city where Jesus himself will be the light of the world. Like imagine going into a place where you can walk into a room, walk into anywhere, and there's all this light because Jesus himself is the light of that place. And I want to encourage you as you live your life, and, and, and you're doing all these different things. I know summer was great, and, and you spent like all of summer just, just partying. It's great. It's, it's an awesome time, especially when you live in Wisconsin. It's great to get all the sun and have all the fun. But I want to encourage you, would you focus on your spiritual life too? Would you allow the light of the world to shine in areas in your life and, and say, God, would you shine in my life in certain areas so I can see these this areas that you need me to change? It's always important to shine the light in different areas to know, hey, is something going on? Is something happening in my life? Is there an area that I'm starting to hate some people that I shouldn't be hating? 
Is there some things that God is trying to show me? Is there some sin that's creeping up in my life? Allow the light of the gospel to shine in your life. Would you stand, stand up with me? We're going to pray and close. Church, I want to encourage you. Would you focus on your spiritual life more? I really believe more than ever before that Jesus is going to come back very soon. When I'm done with the series on Jesus said I am, I'm going to walk into the series I'm praying about it and, and writing on it is on the end times because we have a lot of misconception about the end times. Is when is Jesus coming back? Is Jesus ever going to come back? I really believe Jesus is coming back. But before that, he's waiting because he's patient and merciful. He wants you to be changed and transformed. He wants your life to be changed. Today, would you allow the light of the gospel to shine into your life? If you don't know Jesus... And if you're like me, in 2001, I didn't know Jesus really well. But one day, Jesus showed me how great of a darkness I was living in. Would you allow Jesus to touch your life today? If you know someone who's living in darkness and you're like, you know what, the light of the gospel has never touched them, would you take a minute and just pray for them? And just say, God, would you touch their life? Would you allow your light to shine in their life? Today, Father, we just come for our families and our friends and our relatives, our neighbors, God, who don't know your light. Your word says the God of this world has blinded their eyes. God, I pray that you would open the eyes of my friend, open the eyes of my neighbors, open the eyes of my relatives, my mom, my dad, whoever it is, God, who is not saved in our life, I pray that you would shine your light. As your word says, now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Be with us and guide us and lead us. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Hey, as we're wrapping up, here's what we're going to do. We have uh, two of our...